Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Now, Jim, today you and I and our guest, who we will introduce in a moment, uh, we're going to be talking about an event that a lot of people were kind of hyped for when this match was announced, but did it deliver? That's going to be, I think, maybe the key question. So we're doing the Ring of Honor Honor Rumble, and it's interesting because apparently they had other Honor Rumbles before this, which I did not know mm-hmm. about. Uh, yeah. This is their seventh, eighth? Their eighth one. From the Madison Square Garden show. Yes. And it's noteworthy because, well, first off, it's Madison Square Garden, obviously. Right. Uh, the WWE stronghold. But also, Bill was there, and I'm assuming you saw this entire match. Yes, I saw this entire match live and in person, and I rewatched the match a few days ago, a few weeks ago, to get ready for this episode. Okay, so with that in mind, introduce the guest, Bill. All right, our guest this week is a contributor to Daily DDT and PW Torch. So let's welcome Bruce Lee Hazelwood. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I'm really glad to talk about this. It was my first time watching it, so I'm really it's going to be interesting to talk about it with someone who was actually there live to watch it and what differences you saw live versus what was presented on the screen. I would also like to throw out that this was the first time that I've seen this because I largely was not watching pro wrestling during this time. Uh, it's ah. interesting to me that I would say, and I'm curious on because look, even though we're this is going to be airing in in January, but we're recording mm-hmm. in December. We just saw probably Ring of Honor's last show. Let's let's be honest here. I would say unless either of you two want to agree or disagree this is probably one of the last not relevant but but maybe maybe i will say that relevant shows that it was like this is a show that should bring non-ring of honor fans to watch their product um and i say this because i feel like if i were watching wrestling at this time i would have been like oh well another promotions in msg i'm at least gonna check that out i I, i'd agree with you on that i think that maybe in terms of industry-wide impact yes and we also have to remember that uh, even though maybe this is part of what led to them kind of being shut down they did the right thing and closed shop for eight months or so when the pandemic really first hit Mm -hmm. and they still paid the wrestlers and everything and so there was a good amount of time where uh, they didn't have any momentum because not only did they not have any shows but they were just coming off the whole situation with kelly klein and bj whitmer and the issues with the women's division and that controversy controversy so uh up until they restarted and it really was a restart, just like MLW had, where they brought back the pure title and things like that. Ring of Honor really didn't have that kind of momentum that they had going into and coming out of this MSG show. So I think you're 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 correct, but there's there needs to be a little caveat there because of the pandemic. 
But this was before the pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah, this well, was I'm about saying, right. I'm saying that th- that uh, they weren't able to keep that momentum because partly the pandemic was there to stunt them without having any shows for about eight months. Um, okay, so before we go further, Bruce, why don't we get an idea of what kind of wrestling fan you are? What promotions have you are you currently watching? What promotions have you watched in the past? How long have you been watching wrestling? Give me all of that. Sure. So I was born in 88, and the first time I ever remember watching wrestling was in 93 or 94, somewhere around there. Uh, I remember watching some some I was at someone's house and they had WCW Saturday Night on and I remember this dude coming out with this black you know kind of like metallic hat and black sequins and tassels and it was the Macho Man and ever since I saw the Macho Man come out I've been hooked so I started watching WCW first but then during the Attitude Era I was one of those people who went between both shows and I watched Nitro and I watched Raw uh, during the aughts I was really I wouldn't say I was one of those TNA hardcores who was like TNA is the best and there's nothing else but I appreciated TNA. It's, uh, I still one of my favorite matches is still the Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles triple threat from Unbreakable 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think it's my favorite triple threat match in general. Uh, and so uh, I went to college in 06 and I stopped watching fully in 09. And for, until Royal Rumble 2014, I wasn't watching anything. Uh, I didn't pay attention to anything. I was completely out of wrestling just because you know I was getting two degrees and it was just a lot of work to try and just stay focused so yeah. um, i came back in 2014 largely thanks to the network i uh, really liked nxt i i was watching ring of honor around 2015 2016 especially when they had the pretty boy killers uh and you had the top prospects with donovan dijak and then damian priest was there that, that was kind of my favorite time of ring of honor i was also watching impact still at that time um and a bit of new japan so I, I kind of dabbled in everything. You know, of course, I've been watching AEW and paying paying attention to AEW. Right. So I do a bit of, of everything. I cover Raw for the torch. And so oh, that's the main thing that I <laughs> it's been it's been better. Um but you starting know, in I just feel like it's like it's it's so long. Like even if it's a great yes, show, yes. like it's so long. No, it's true. That third hour does tend to make it a, a bit tough, but I will say the last the, the last couple shows here in December, the first two in December, they were pretty good shows heading into what will be their day one pay-per-view, which will be airing be, you know, before this podcast comes out. But it was it was doing all right. But once the new year hits, I'm actually going to be switching to covering NXT 2.0 for the torch. So, I mean, at um, least I'm that's two hours. So that's well, a yeah, time saver for you. <laughs> I've always liked developmental as well. And I've, I've, that's one of the things that drew me to NXT in the first place when I first got back into wrestling in 2014 was there was this developmental brand or supposed to developmental brand. And I like seeing those kind of journeys and the development, the growth that you could see, or, you know, sometimes you don't see uh, from certain wrestlers. And so I, I'm excited to, to begin paying more attention and more focused attention to NXT starting in January. I think it's interesting that you were like, you had to stop in 2014 because you know, you were getting your, your degrees and because it was becoming I came too back much time. in 2014. I'm sorry, you came back in 2014. Yeah, it was well, 2009. Like, uh, okay, but I'm saying the reason you left, there's way more wrestling to be invested in now than there was back yeah. then in terms yeah. of times, straight up times and hours or or whatnot. I'm just, I just think that's very, very funny because it's actually yeah. gotten worse than that to me. Yeah, I was just on campus all day, and so you never, you know, I didn't have time to watch anything live, and I just, just never focused. And you know, college is much different in what your terms of your priorities. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just 
it is. It's there's just too much going on. There's you know AEW has four shows a week now, and it's I, I it's hard I to keep up with their one show. And so it's just combine that with WWE and yep, that's like yep. two part time jobs right there. Yeah, and that's another reason why you know Ring of Honor found it tough. It was just hard to get the ratings and the viewers, especially when you're being you know broadcast in many places at one or two in the morning. But also, and I'm gonna bring this up here. There's no no one that like to really care about here, which is one yeah. of my big problems with it. And I mean that's we'll we'll get into that. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we continue, Bill, um, quick programming note for the next two eliminate a Royal Rumble podcast, of course. This is a short-run return. The only reason we did it was because the 2022 Royal Rumbles are coming up. And the plan right now is for myself and Bill to do a live, not live, because it's live to tape, watch along, on whatever the first one is. Now, I assume it's probably going to be the women's match, but... Only because I believe since the Women's Royal Rumble has started, it's only been on last once. So the yeah. odds are it's probably going to be that one. Um, if it's the men's, then that's the one we do. But whatever the first Royal Rumble match is, it's a live-to-tape watch-along and then a guest on the other one. However, if something goes wrong in the audio uh, or in that first Royal Rumble match audio-wise... Then it's going to get switched around. Then it's going to wind up being the first Royal Rumble is having a guest. And then hopefully we would have fixed it by the time the second Royal Rumble rolls around. And Mm -hmm. then I just want to throw it out there so that way people kind of know what the plan is. Uh, Bill, how are you feeling about this this upcoming two-episode format? You think we can pull this off? I think we can pull this off. You know what's going to be the weird thing? Is, and I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know when we have to hit record. Right. So I don't know, like, I don't know if we half hour when we just hit record and start talking about shit and just are like waiting or because mm-hmm. you don't want to do it too late either. No, we'll figure it out, folks. It's either going to be done very, very well or it'll be a complete disaster when me and Bill starting the show while number one and two are already in the ring. Exactly. Uh, Bill, what else was going on during this time in pro wrestling? That's one thing that we talk about during this Eliminator Royal Rumble podcast. All right. Well, we're going to begin with our roll call of champions. And this is during WrestleMania weekend. So if you haven't figured out, we're doing this the day before WrestleMania 35 happens. So we'll start with WWE. Going into this, their WWE champion is Daniel Bryan. Their United States champion is Samoa Joe. The Raw Tag Team Champions are The Revival. The Raw Women's Champion is Ronda Rousey. The Brock Lesnar Memorial Champion is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and for those of you that are new, that is the universal title. But we you know, we may have to change that because I think at this point, I don't think he's the longest reigning anymore, is he? Uh, Roman's getting very close. Okay. Well, if the, you uh, know what? That'll be one of our talking points when we do that first Royal Rumble. If that's if we got to wait around for it, maybe that'll be one right. of our talking points. <laughs> right. Uh, the Intercontinental Champion is Bobby Lashley. 
The SmackDown Tag Team Champions are the Usos, and the SmackDown Women's Champion is Charlotte Flair. With Impact, their world champion is Johnny Impact. The X Division Champion is Rich Swan. The Tag Team Champions are the Lucha Brothers, and the Knockouts Champion is Taya Valkyrie. And for Ring of Honor going into this big show, their world champion is Jay Lethal. Their television champion is Jeff Cobb. Their tag team champions are Brody King and PCO. Their six-man tag team champions are the are villain enterprises of Brody King, Marty Skrull, and PCO. And the Women of Honor champion is Mayu Iwatani. So that's... Yeah, I almost had it. (laughs) (laughs) So, here's here's what we got going into this show. And there's kind of a backstory to how we get to Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, this would be great, because I don't know how any of this happened. So go ahead. In June of 2018, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that they would be running a show at Madison Square Garden. One month later, it was reported that the event would have to be canceled due to interference by the WWE. What a shock. However, the issues were eventually resolved, and tickets went on sale for the event in August. During the pre-sale, 60% of tickets were sold, with the remaining 15,000 tickets selling within 16 minutes of going on sale. Now, hold on. What, what was the resolve? Or is that, was that never made public, what the resolve was? I don't think it was ever made public. Okay. This is the first professional wrestling event held at Madison Square Garden by a promotion not owned by the McMahon family, since November 14th, 1960. So almost 60 years since a non-McMahon-owned wrestling promotion did a show in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. So the storylines as far as Ring of Honor goes, the big match for Ring of Honor, as I mentioned, Jay Lethal is their world champion. Originally, he was scheduled to face Marty Skrull for the title at the Garden. However, a few weeks prior to this event, at their anniversary show, Matt Taven challenged Jay Lethal for the world title. They went to a 60-minute draw on pay-per-view. And because it went to a draw, Matt Taven was added into the world title match, making it a three-way match, and then they made it a ladder match for the world title. Um, Meanwhile, with New Japan, Jay White had just recently won the IWGP heavyweight title and is now the new leader of the Bullet Club. And Okada earned his title shot by winning the new Japan cup. He won the tournament. He gets the title shot 
in Madison Square Garden. And the match that we are about to do, the Honor Rumble, is with a mix of Ring of Honor and New Japan talent with the winner receiving a future world title shot, Ring of Honor world title shot. And Kenny King had been wanting to be in the match. And as we're about to find out, not only did he get his way into the match, but he got a, a position that he requested. Mm-hmm. So also during this time, what we usually do before going into the Rumble itself is talk about during the show, if anything before the Rumble, like if in WWE's case, there would be, you know, backstage segments of number drawings or like you men just mentioned, Kenny King apparently requested to be number one. How did that happen? Uh, which you kind of said, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I've we're doing this a weird way this time. So I did I watched this whole show. Yeah. And didn't realize what I was watching was not the honor rumble and that it was on the pre show. So what I mean by that is oh, there's G one supercard. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, play. First match is whatever. I don't even remember anymore. Right. And I was waiting for, like, any kind of rumble stuff. Then I started cleaning my apartment and, you know, doing things around, just waiting to see, like... Because I don't need to pay attention, like, even with the other ones. I need to just kind of real see if there's anything that would result in storyline-wise for the rumble later. And I'm going around doing what I'm doing. For some reason, the thing that I was watching didn't have the pre-show on it. So mm. my, I have three notes from the actual show, even though it had nothing to do with the Honor Rumble, because it was the pre-show, which to me is amazing. I don't know why. Why did they do it that way? Put it on the pre-show instead of the regular show. The only thing I could think of is that card is already packed. <laughs> I don't know if you could have fit one more match onto the main card. I don't know. Bruce, you and want to chime anything, in on that? Yeah, if anything, uh, it set the example for AEW to using their buy-in pre-shows because they always have their casino battle royales during the pre-show. So um, a little bit of originality there, but I think because the purpose of pre-shows is to try and get people to buy the actual pay-per-view. And I think to get them invested, this is probably one of the better ways because you're showcasing... I think it was 30. The 30 people mm-hmm. who are on, on both shows, um, who are going to be you know, both promotions that are taking place on this card. So if you want to see more of that, then I think that's other than having a five-star match, which, you know, that's very rare on a pre-show. You're not going to even have that. You know, you don't want that. You don't want that on a pre-show. Uh, but this is probably the best way you can get, you can to try and get more people to buy the pay-per-view. Um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the last show in their partnership they couldn't tell you, Bill, that's more of your speech. I think it might have been because after this, they were quiet on both ends for a while. And they never really said publicly that the relationship was over. But I can tell you that 
when we talk about the rest of the card, there is an incident that happens that made the officials at New Japan pretty upset at Ring of Honor. Oh, interesting. I'm really looking forward to that one. Okay. Uh, what are the intervals here? Okay, this is kind of funny because I've been looking and I watched the match and they never they said never the said timed it. intervals. And I think that's nope. ridiculous. And, and they happen too quickly. <laughs> and you're, you've already have me mad right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, so should we... We've never... They'll, how many? Well, we did every WWE Royal Rumble, so that should give you an idea and some spin-offs. How many right. of these we did have done, and never before have we had this situation where a promotion's like, "Ooh, the intervals are gonna be." You know, I was. Gonna I don't say, even know what to do. I, do, do. If we just make it a minute. I was gonna. You know what? I was gonna say the last episode but then i'm like wait they did kind of say they on the did. broad whether or not they stick to it's another thing but right they always say it going Ring every of minute bullshit's as... like nope we don't need to tell you yeah i was kind of thinking like they did every minute that was kind of how i was thinking so all right so our intervals go ahead bill so explain so our, we're our we're own... making our own intervals here apparently. yes we <laughs> are so uh, the intervals will be every five minutes. Okay. Bruce, are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Your announcers are Ian Riccoboni, Kevin mm-hmm. Kelly, and Colt Cabana. So, Bill, yes. go ahead. Let's start it off. All right. Let's begin with entrance one through five. One, Kenny King. Two, Minoru Suzuki. Three, Cheeseburger. Four, Beer City Bruiser, and five, Show. And I have, during this segment, eliminated no one. And we're going to start the conversation with Bruce. Yeah, so uh, the eliminated no one is going to be there for a bit. But one thing I want to mention here, and it's something I'll bring up later with someone else from New Japan. Uh, as as beloved as, as he is, right? You know to Suzuki, he is fantastic. I'm pretty sure a lot of people forget that he actually has an amateur wrestling background and when he first came up not only was he doing stuff in pancreas but he was a technical wrestler um he wasn't just as hard-hitting brawler that we see uh that we come to know and he also to me when you looked at him in this match he had that 90s suzuki speltness to him in his body he looked really good um in terms of his shape and uh, in terms of these you know i thought it was really great to start off with these two because you get the person who wanted to start first for Ring of Honor, and then you get basically um, someone who is synonymous with New Japan in a different way than Tanahashi or a different way than Okada, but it is definitely synonymous with New Japan, and it just starts off with a bang. And so for me, uh, the first two entrants here were bang, spot on. Um, my only issue is, the like, like you two brought up, the inconsistency of the intervals. And then because of that, and we'll, we'll get into it more, but... The first half of the match really, really kind of lagged a bit because of the amount of people that were entering the ring and how little space there was and because of the lack of elimination. So uh, I just think at least they started off really hot here. So I wrote on some of my notes here. It was nice to see Cheeseburger. I did remember him. Uh, Also, big rule update. Managers allowed, I wrote down. So I guess I must have saw a manager at some point outside the ring during this interval section. Um, cause that's always a thing, right, Bill? Remember yep. our managers are a lot of they half the time they are, <laughs> half the time they aren't. 
It's it's one of Jim's pet. Well, not big it's not pet peeves. It's, it's just a, a very big inconsistency in general of like, yeah, stick to that or don't stick to it. Um, Cheeseburger had the Shinobi Saddle Squad out there with him. Yeah, like his dojo students. And then mm-hmm. I have for Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger says that beer, uh, the Beer City Bruiser, couldn't bite him. I'm like, why not? It was a real swiper, no swiping moment for me. <laughs> well, right after that, uh, the bruiser says, I have no teeth. And he, they showed a close-up of him and his messed up oh, teeth. Okay. So, right. yeah. yeah. One thing I would like to point out is not only is this Royal Rumble or Honor Rumble have no intervals, this might be, and again, this says something, Bill, in that all of the Rumbles that we've done, this Rumble, I had the absolute hardest time, not in this segment, but later on, keeping track of who got eliminated mm-hmm. because Ring of Honor did a terrible, maybe they didn't do a terrible job. Maybe it's me being someone that doesn't know the product. Mm-hmm. I had a really hard time keeping things together, and it would not surprise me if I'm wrong with one of them later. Because I eventually, I, I mean, I didn't give up. I would watch it like right. three times to see it. I'm like, this is as good as it's going to get. Uh, Bill, I what mean, do you have during your during this segment? Well, I wrote down, actually, I don't have a lot of notes for this segment, but I did write, you can request a number. And then, like, after. Oh, we'll get to that later. This is about bullshit happened later on. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then I was like, oh, I think it might have happened in WWE. I don't really remember. Yeah, well, uh, Shawn Michaels, um, re- no, Jericho requested number one. Yeah, that one year. Okay, so it does kind of make sense, kind of. Uh, I was happy to see Cheeseburger involved. Um, he may not be the best, but he's one of those guys, like, when you see him on TV, it's like, hey, it's Cheeseburger, you know? <laughs> it's just like, he's one of those people that are just like, Oh, cool. He's on. Um, And then I kind of wrote beer, beer, beer to the chant of the theme for Beer City Bruiser. That's that's really all I have. But I'm going to I'm going to add on real quick because we have 30 seconds to what you said, Jim, with getting kind of lost with the eliminations. I will admit. At the show. I kind of got lost early with one of the eliminations and I'll mention it in the next segment, which one. So, and with that, uh, hold on. Uh Okay. Entry six through 10. Six, Shingo Takaji. Seven, Bushi. Eight, Yo. Nine, Shaheem Ali. And ten, Rhett Titus. I have, during this segment, eliminated Bruiser. I'm going to start off this segment because I have a lot to say. At one point, I, and, and both of you, please confirm or deny, maybe I was hearing things, I don't know. I thought I heard both the USA announcers and the New Japan announcers at the same time. Yes! And it was yes. annoying as shit. I heard it too. <laughs> Bruce, you, would you like to... I missed that. Okay. Um, I did like, though, that they at least had the New Japan announcer there to announce the New Japan talent. Sure, no, that's great. I, it's just yeah. that I you shouldn't run 
into each other like that. <laughs> Early buzzer. This is when I said was starting mm-hmm. to question. Like, wait a minute, what are the intervals? Oh wait, they never fucking told us. Bill, one of my big complaints with modern day WWE, as we've talked about in the more modern Royal Rumbles, is, and I always use Ricochet as an example because it's the only one I ever think of. Like yeah. Ricochet, that one Royal Rumble, he comes in. And they're like, he's the WWE's resident superhero, and nothing at all is yeah. a resident super. Like, he doesn't wear a cape. It's, it's nothing <laughs> about it. There's no, you can't just say it's a character and expect us to just believe it for without giving me something. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way with Beer City Bruiser, because he didn't even have a fucking beer, if I can recall. <laughs> well, Dumb. he did have the keg with him. But he didn't drink out of it. How do I know that oh. keg's full? Nah, that's true. Could be nothing. Point. I needed to point. see beer. And quite frankly, I didn't. And I felt it was just as dumb as Ricochet saying he's the WWE superhero. Mm-hmm. And my God, what the hell happened to Rhett Titus's music? Oh, yeah! His old theme was amazing. This sounds like porn music, and it sucks. <laughs> Give me good. addicted to love Red Titus back. He's mm-hmm. addicted to love Red Titus. Oh yeah. He's the sexual demon you've been dreaming of. Is Red Titus? This was garbage. Anyway, Bruce, why don't you continue before I anger myself even more? <laughs> so two things um, regarding, I guess this little segment. Well, one thing about the segment, and then one thing uh, on a macro sense. So Shingo Takagi might be the best, if not among the handful of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And 2019 was when we started seeing that real rise of him coming up as the dragon. And, you know, he became IWGP heavyweight champion. Or it wasn't New Japan. I can't remember after they changed the belt over. But he became champion, and he's one of the best. And one thing you see here, even though there's so many things going on, is just his quickness and his explosiveness and the the impact with which he's able to land maneuvers because of that. And that's one reason why he became one of the best in the world right now. Now, on a macro level, one thing that I noticed um, here, and to go back to what you were saying about, we talk about WWE all the time, a lot of people complain that WWE is too polished. Sometimes during this match, there I was thinking that it could have been a lot more polished. There were definitely moments in this match where you could... There were sloppy moments, let's just put it that way. And sometimes that polish can be a little too nice, but it also makes for, you know, um, with pro wrestling, a more believable experience to a certain extent. And so with, you know, there were, once the ring started filling up, especially uh, uh, partly with the next five entrance, that's when you started seeing more of the sloppiness. So just wanted to put that out there. Bill, what do you have for this segment? Um, you actually had most of my notes for the segment. <laughs> um, but no, I, I will mention this is where I kind of got confused at at the show with one of the eliminations because I didn't see when it happened at the show Bruiser getting eliminated. I think I was looking at the entranceway for the next person and I completely missed Bruiser getting eliminated. And then by the time I look back, I'm like. Where did he go? Did he eliminate himself? Essentially. <laughs> kind of, he did. No, Bill, let me ask you, being live, did you... Um, They did play... Not play, but 
They did announce when people got eliminated, yes or no, because now I don't remember. No, they didn't. That's another thing. I mean, I don't know. To me, and it goes back to what I said before about... Right, 11 through 15 now, 11 LSG, 12 Ryosuke Taguchi, 13 Will Ferrara, 14 Chase Owens, and 15 Rocky Romero. And I have during this segment eliminated Bushi, and we will start the conversation off this time with uh, Bill. I don't think Lee started yet, so go ahead. You okay. Go. Um, I was very excited when Taguchi came out. Uh, he is the funky weapon. <laughs> and... Uh, I kind of asked the question because even I don't know this. Do they actually wear helmets in rugby? No, I did not think they did. <laughs> um, and then I wrote when Taguchi got hurt at some point in the match, I wrote, oh, his Garfunkel, uh, which is what he called his ass at one point. It's like, oh, oh, my Garfunkel. Oh, my Garfunkel. Uh, which I really, I, I don't know why I like it. I just do. It, it, it's Taguchi, you know. Um, and then I really like the spot where everybody is clotheslining Bushi for really no reason except they're being directed. <laughs> everybody is going and going and going, and it is just fantastic. It's interesting you say that because the first note I hear what ha- is, I hated Taguchi. Once I saw him with a football, dot, 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 sorry, rugby ball. <laughs> and then the, although I will say later in my notes, it says, everyone listening to Taguchi, I hate this, but I was okay with a Quad City DJ's reference, parentheses, the train. <laughs> well, you know, Ian is very capable of making those references. So. <laughs> Bill, how about this note? Fast. Four exclamation points, 11 to 12. Mm-hmm. I guess that means that I thought it was super fast when 11 came out versus when 12 came out. Yeah. Will Ferreira sounds like the name of a used car salesman. <laughs> you imagine, like, hey, my name's Will Ferreira, and I can I can see you right now in this car, driving down the street. Everyone's looking at you. You are the man. You just get this car. And then why is Romero listening to Taguchi? You know, Bill, I think the thing with Taguchi is, like, I, I think it's because, like, once he came out, he exuded a sporty vibe, and I'm like, ugh, since I don't like sports. Mm-hmm. I think that's what did it for me. Uh, Bruce, I would have never, I just would have never guessed it would have been rugby. Well, yeah. I mean, Bruce is a an avid rugby ball player, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. And I actually, I think I I need to correct myself. I think it's Aussie Rules that doesn't have helmets. I think rugby you do have those kind of helmets. Ah, okay. So I think I got those two mixed up. Um, and then I forgot what I was gonna say. That's all right. <laughs> um, oh, that's what I was gonna say with Will Ferrara. So uh, he was in, I believe it was the same top prospects tournament as Donovan 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 Dijak, and I think that was 2016. And He's someone that I firmly believe if he was six inches taller, he'd be in the main event and world title picture. Uh, I, there's, he's a great wrestler. Name aside, maybe, but he's a great wrestler, and I just think that 
because of size issues and how pro wrestling still needs still believes in a lot of places where yeah. your world champion has to be a certain size. Not to say that, you know, Ring of Honor has had wrestlers that um, are smaller, but Wolf Rower is, is pretty small. Um, and so I just think if he was six inches tall, he probably would be uh, a, a name that more wrestling fans would know. Bill, how much time do we have left there? We have a minute 13. Okay, I also wrote in my section, what are the intervals? <laughs> question mark, exclamation point, question mark, explanation point. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, unless you, unless you want to well, do some role play as Will Ferrer and sell me a car. <laughs> last thing I'll say is Bad Luck Folly got the biggest pop outside of Suzuki out of the first 15 people to enter. So that was interesting to me considering he's not known to necessarily have the best matches or even like passable matches, but the force of character and his work in, uh, with the Bullet Club, I think is what, what did that for him here. Bill, if you were to go to a car lot and Will Ferrer was there, what kind of car do you think he would try to sell you? Oh, God. Well, I I could see him maybe selling a used foreign car. Yeah, but would he pass it off as a new car to you? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think he'd be honest. What about you, Bruce? What, what car would he try to sell you? Or you think he would try Twilight. to sell you? Oh, never mind. I do want to hear Bruce's answer in a minute. Oh, yeah, we'll get that uh, 16 through 20, 16, Brian Malonis, 17, Bad Luck Fale, 18, Jonathan Gresham, 19, Tracy Williams, and 20, Yoshihashi. And here's where I might start getting things wrong, so bear with me. Ali, LSG, Show, Yo, Cheeseburger, Titus, Shingo, and Taguchi all eliminated. No, Cheeseburger He's did not get there. eliminated. You're right. Okay. okay. See, this is okay. Like I, I jumped said, the gun on Fale. That was my bad. Um. All right. Most important thing. What car is he trying to sell you? <laughs> uh, he's probably trying to sell me a 2013 Cadillac CTS, saying that it's gonna make me look youthful and I can you know, regain some energy or something. I don't know. He's, he's a high, he's a high energy guy. So he's a really good salesman. All right, Bruce, let's yeah. start with you with the rest of the segment though, real quick. Uh, this is the part to me where I just felt like there was way too many people. So I liked what that they got a lot of eliminations happening here. Uh, but it did take the two big men in terms of Fale and Malonis to make a lot of that happen. They had, I think both of them had uh, at least one double elimination uh, to their credit. And then, uh, this is, it, it's kind of sad to see that Jonathan Gresham was kind of nothing in this match considering how much he became the backbone of ROH once they returned um, mm-hmm. after the pandemic. So, but it, it's just interesting to see that, that um, we, we knew he had it then, but just to see how much uh, he's grown and really put that company and made that company sort of synonymous with his name coming out of the pandemic, it's really a testament to um, his talent and his skills. And ROH for believing in him, I guess. Um, also, for my notes here, I put that, and this is probably where the confusion came in. Fale eliminates two people, and the announcers talk over each other so you don't hear who was eliminated. And I right. guarantee you I probably thought it was Cheeseburger for some reason, and that's where that comes from. Um, Bill, what do you have? And then maybe let's talk a little bit about the rest of the card if we can, a little bit. Um, I wrote... Oh, you know, okay, this is 
with the cheeseburger spot, he gets saved mm-hmm. from elimination. Okay. So I wrote down. Squad. So I wrote down. We should all save cheeseburgers. Agreed. <laughs> um, and then I ask myself, is this the second best Yoshi? With the first one being Yoshi from Super Mario World. Hmm. Maybe. Because I think Yoshihashi is ahead of Yoshitatsu. Yes. And I know my friend Chris Matwood would say that Yoshihashi is above Yoshi from Mario. So. Where does Yoshi Kwan factor in? Uh, not in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> Worth a try. <laughs> so what's going on in the rest of the card that was of note that you want to okay. bring up? Because how much time do you have to do this? Two minutes. All right, go ahead. Go for it. You can do okay. it. Okay. So we had a six-woman tag match as our dark match. Jenny Rose and Kagetsu and Hazuki of Oedu Tai beat Hanakamura, Stella Gray, and Sumi Sakai. Jeff Cobb defeated Will Ospreay to win the never-open-weight title. Roosh defeated Dalton Castle. Kelly Klein defeated Mayu Iwatani to win the Women of Honor title. Flip Gordon, Juice Robinson, and Mark Haskins defeated Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young in a New York City street fight. Dragon Lee defeated Taiji Ishimori and Bandito to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. The Gorillas of Destiny defeated PCO and Brody King, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoe Brothers to win the IWGP and Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to stay the British heavyweight champion. Kota Ibushi defeated Tetsuya Naido to win the IWGP Intercontinental title. Matt Taven defeated Jay Lethal and Marty Skrull to win the Ring of Honor world title. And the main event, Kazuchika Okada defeated Jay White to win the IWGP heavyweight title. Now, the part where New Japan got mad, because I still have a oh, little yeah, bit of right. time. Yeah, yeah, boom, please. After the tag title matches, Enzo and Cass hopped the rail right. and attacked right. the Briscoes. And we were all shocked. Like, we had no idea what was going on. And New Japan apparently were very upset about this because, you know, they wouldn't agree to it. And then also, it kind of ruined the moment of the title change for the Gorillas of Destiny. So I think that's what might have ultimately soured wow. that relationship. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, 21 through 25, 21, PJ Black, 22, Jushin Thunder Liger, 23, TK Orion, 24, Vinny Marcellia, and 25, Delirious. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Will Ferreira, Owens, Malonis, and Williams. We'll start off the discussion with Bruce this time. So, not much in general for me in this section, aside from not having watched it, I was very excited to see Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, having grown up in the Attitude Era, I just remember watching him on Monday Nitro so many times in all those great Cruiserweight matches. You know, my favorite wrestler when I was a kid was uh, Ultimo Dragon. And so for me, these masked Japanese wrestlers, part, you know, I'm half Korean, so part of it is that there really weren't many Asians in wrestling back then. So I, I clung on to the ones that were. And 
uh, it's always nice when you have a ring veteran like him, someone who's done this for basically four decades, uh, bust out a nice footstop to eliminate somebody. Bill, what do you have? Uh, I wrote a big pop for Liger because I remember it was a pretty loud pop, but surprisingly, it's not the loudest pop of the match. Uh, then Kevin Kelly makes a reference to PJ Black about how he wrestled Bret Hart once in Madison Square Garden, and I wrote, must have been a house show. <laughs> uh, and then with Delirious, I wrote, how could he not be in this match? See, and I was I wrote down surprised Delirious was still around. And then I have Delirious doing laps, and then I have the note of Liger throws someone out, and they don't say who it is. Mm, it so, which is a trend with this match. Um, oh, wow. Maybe this one should have been the one we talked about the rest of the card. Um, Bill? Yes. So... Why did so? Did, what, I want to hear more about the Enzo and Cass stuff. Okay. Because you left off on it. Let's hear more about that in the three minutes, right? That's how we'll show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, apparently, and I didn't know this till days later, Enzo and Cass were on the busted open radio show that Bully Ray is on, mm-hmm. and they talked about, you know, like the Briscoes and how they were going to be in the garden and that they might do something at this show. And after the match, they hop over, they fight the Briscoes and it's this whole big distraction. And the fans are just watching this. We're all in shock. You know, we're wondering what the hell is going on here because like literally a half hour to 45 minutes before this happened is when the news came out that Bret Hart got attacked by a fan at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Okay. Wow. So I don't know if it was planned or if it just was something that happened because eventually I think they were going to go for a Briscoe's Enzo and Cass rivalry, which thankfully they did not. <laughs> and there were 15, 16,000 people chanting, get the F out, bump, 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 get the F out. And like, even I'm swearing and I never, you know, like I'm, I'm with, you know, two of my best friends at this show and even I'm swearing, <laughs> you know, um, but it's so weird because at the same time that this is going on, new Japan's trying to do a storyline with their tag titles because Toru Yano steals the tag, the, the IWGP tag titles. And he's waving goodbye with both belts as this craziness is going on. And this whole thing is so confusing. It is insane. Mm-hmm. Bruce, you want to add anything to that? I just remember that the fan revolt, not just in the building, but you know, on social media and just in pro wrestling in general was so bad that they had to scrap it right away in terms of moving forward with that angle. And like you said, thankfully, um, I, this was, I, if I remember correctly, this was not too long after Enzo had made some terrible comments as well after his release. Um, 
And I think he got, wasn't he released from WWE because he was accused of sexual assault or something yes. like that too? So yes. there was all just a lot of bad things and optically it was not good for ROH. Okay. Yeah, how much time do we have left? Yep, there it is. Now to the last group of five, 26, Tomohiro Ishii, 27, Toru Yano, 28, Hiroki Goto, 29, King Haku, and number 30, The Great Muta. I have this, during this segment, eliminated before we get to the final four, eliminated Black Romero, Yoshi, Fale, and Delirious. And now we don't really have the clock to go by as we go into the final four, so kind of just freeform it, and we'll start with Bill this time. Okay. When, okay, because I kind of want to set up the last two entries. Because, okay. like, we're Do you want to talk about there. the Cole Cabana bullshit first? Uh, yeah, okay, let's get into that. <laughs> so, okay. and I was thinking of this I, while uh, I was, like, watching it, you know, when well, I Well, were you going to be like, oh, Jim's going to be so mad? No. <laughs> I had to think back to what happened, like, at the Royal Rumble. 1996? Oh, no, that... No, 2000... No, the the one from this year, 2019. Okay. They had, in each one, somebody else take another person's spot. Who was 2019 again? I don't remember that. The Curtis Axel one? No. No, 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 no. So, the Women's Rumble was the one where Lana got attacked. Oh, God. And then yeah. Becky Lynch comes out, and she's like, put me in the match. And they're like, and she, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then in the men's match, our truth is supposed to be number 30, but Nia Jax beats him up, and she takes his what spot. What a terrible moment in the history of our right. great sport. Right. <laughs> so I guess because it's Toru Yano, who's a – comedy act basically although he does have an amateur background in wrestling he's the greatest of all time toriano yeah he's like <laughs> he goes and he's like you you take my spot you take my spot and caban is like you sure and he's like take my spot so it's like okay i guess we could trade positions now Right, and I also have in my note announcer says cabana is number 27 which makes it official Mm-hmm. Oh, although, although I did write, uh, or I did hear, like, when they're talking to Yano, where he's like, do you want to get in there? No. Are you scared? Yes. And it's, just, it's like these one-word, two-word answers, and Yano, for, like, the two or three minutes he's on, is great. So what? Uh-huh. So you so you think that they this is, like, a spot that was, quote-unquote, inspired by the nonsense they did at that year's Royal Rumble? Maybe. Coming I mean, guts, can you get inspired with something else? <laughs> I don't know. So, okay, so I want to get to... But then when you that. said, well, then when you said Yano goes to help Colt at one point, why yeah. is no one telling Yano to get out? I literally <clears throat> have crossed out... All right, real talk. Number 27 on my thing right now says... Toroyano, then I crossed it out, and then I put Colt Cabana, which then right. I crossed out, and put Toroyano <laughs> crossed out, and finally <laughs> Cabana, because I kept getting so 
and and what sucked is it affected the rest of the, the next uh, three because every time I changed it, I had to change the next three too again. Mm-hmm. Shit. So after that, yeah, and Goto comes out. We're trying to figure out who is left. Like we're there and we're like. Who is left that can be in this match to enter? So this was a situation where you didn't know all the wrestlers in it then going into it. No, no. Like the only, I think the only ones we knew were like King and Liger and maybe a couple other Ring of Honor guys. Okay. So 29 comes out and then we see Haku and I'm marking out because cool. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. holy crap, it's Haku. And, like, me and my friends, we're kind of more... Because it's Haku. Of course, you know, yeah. The one true king, uh, as somebody on another podcast has said about Haku. Because he was king. At, well, he is king. He's the one true king. So, then we get to the last spot. And by this point, I'm like, it could be anybody. And when it's revealed that it's <laughs> the arena... The, I'm going to say this. TV Diz did no justice to what it was like in Madison Square Garden. That arena blew up when Muda came out. It was so loud, especially in my section and like a few sections ahead of us, a few sections behind us. It was loud because we had no idea Muda was even going to be a part of this. I don't think we even know he was there that weekend. Mm-hmm. And for him, because the big deal was, you know, Liger's going to finally wrestle in Madison Square Garden. And then when you see Muda come out, it's like, oh my God, he's never wrestled in the garden. So you get with, it's kind of, you killed, you know, two birds with one stone. You get Liger and Muda, who never wrestled for Vince, never wrestled in the Garden. You get them both in the same match in the same venue. And that I got to applaud the booking for there. Because you got, because Liger was known. Sure, yes. But Muda was not. And that was a great surprise. Uh-huh. I would like, real quick, before we go to Bruce here, I'd like to amend, I guess that's the word, my eliminated list, because I realized as you were talking, and I'm going through my notes, I actually have two eliminated sections, because the whole Cole Cabana thing screwed me up. So I gotta do this again now. Eliminated during this segment, Delirious Cabana, or I think this is a continuation of what I was saying. Yeah. Delirious Cabana, Yono, Gresham, Suzuki... Cheeseburger, Haku, Ishii, Vinny, and I think that was it. So, mm-hmm. again, thanks, Cole Cabana, for fucking up my entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I, oh. I, if I would have known what I know now of how rough that this would be because of Yano and Cole Cabana, I definitely would have been cheering Danielson even more when he fought Cabana uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bruce, continue. Uh, what do you have for this segment before going to the final four? Sure. Uh, 
I love Yano. Uh, like you brought up earlier, he is a decorated Greco-Roman wrestler, and he was a heel back in the day. He, you know, but it just didn't catch on. And what caught on, just like with our truth, who people forget, was also a very good wrestler. Um, was the comedy, and so he's been doing that. And um, I enjoy Yano. Uh, I don't enjoy Cabana as much, but I understand why. Uh, for a lot of fans of independent wrestling, he is such a beloved figure. When you have Haku come out, it's just is literally who everyone says is not in kayfabe the toughest person ever in pro wrestling mm-hmm. and to see him come out and yeah he you know he's older now and, and whatnot but it's still something nice because i you know i remember him in uh in wcw as well during the 90s and watching him so a bit of nostalgia and then not only did muda come out but he came out looking like a boss from Dynasty Warriors or Neo, and then his mask. Oh my gosh, uh, the intricacy and the the details on his mask look almost like he is in some kind of future dystopian cyberpunk thing, just because of how like the 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 mask looks very like like a circuit almost, and it's just really amazing at how much detail he still has his presentation even at you know this this uh older that older age that he was at and all the miles that he had on his body arguably one you know arguably the greatest of all time depending on how you look at pro wrestling mm-hmm. um so let's see what other notes i have because as i'm going through this while you two are talking i'm realizing some of my cross outs were act were notes because i guess at one point i had number 31 the great muda again right. thanks <laughs> cabana yano <laughs> you know what if anything this this episode has now okay that's not true i was gonna say this episode made cole cabana my new least favorite wrestler but that's certainly not true i definitely <laughs> oh, hate no. guys like goldberg more than, than cole cabana <laughs> so but it put him really up there though in my least favorite you know bill learns kingdom hearts returns on march 29th 2022 and on that bill has a board of love and hate Cabana <laughs> moved up my bo- on my board of hate a little bit more after this episode. <laughs> uh, season three is coming. Kingdom Hearts two. Anyway, uh, I like. I thought it was a great exchange between Ishii and Suzuki. I like yes. that. That was great. Yes. Then I have where did Kenny King go? Is this going to be some Roman Reigns bullshit? Mm. Not exactly. I noticed while we were. Good. Well, I, I also noticed, I was like, did he get eliminated? Because I wasn't sure, because the camera cuts here were also not the greatest in terms of showing the eliminations. So I just, I assumed either he had been eliminated or he was hiding. And I went with maybe he was eliminated, just didn't see it, but yeah. Well, you know, it also helps the fact that the production on this whole thing is atrocious. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah, of course, so he probably went out because they're not catching half of these eliminations. So of course he did. <laughs> um... But then I realized, no, the Roman Reigns thing was way worse from 2016. Because oh, at least yeah. you saw him go to the back and he stayed there for, what, like a half hour, 45 minutes, yeah. and then came back out? Yeah. So my apologies to Kenny King. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, so I think that's... Uh, Bill, I don't think... Did we go through all of your notes? Yeah, we did. Okay. I just... Like, I had Yano, commentator of the year... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, what did I have here? Oh, okay. 
I want okay, I'm gonna save this one note for the end. Oh, okay. It doesn't apply to this section? Um no, it applies to the end of the match. Fair. Bruce, what about you? Do you have anything else for this section before we go into the final four? Uh not for this section, I don't think. We can move on to the final four. Oh, actually, I have a, qu- I have a quote here. I didn't know how I missed this. Uh, one of the great DVD salesmen of our time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. yep. That's a quote. Yep. The great... He is. He, he definitely is. I'd love for him and Ferrer to be a team. And like, <laughs> selling things. <laughs> right. The greatest comment of our time. Uh, the greatest, the two greatest... Yeah, you know what happens? Ferrer sells you a car and then... Um, whoever the DVD salesman was that was referring to, they sell you a DVD player that comes with the car. There you go. There it is. What? Okay, real question here. Talking about Yano. Real question. So, I, obviously we know that Ring of Honor is probably done. What is... Like, is Ferrer big enough to go somewhere else, or do you think he'll just retire? I think he'll retire. Do you think he'll be a used car salesman? <laughs> That's not an insult. They do that. Like Those people make a lot of fucking money. I think he has a spot in like GCW or um, yeah. places like that. Um, if he wants to go overseas, I think he definitely has a spot. I, I think he's good for the juniors division in New Japan if they would take him. Um, and I think there's a spot for him, but he's also someone where... It just seems like it's an uphill battle for him to get the recognition in pro wrestling. Just be a used car salesman. I'm 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 <laughs> looking I'm looking at his bio. Yeah. He's only thirty years old. Oh, prime mm-hmm. car salesman. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I swear, uh. if he sells one car and sees the commission on the car, guess what? He's probably not gonna come back. I'm just saying, oh my god, Bill, can you imagine that he, like, you find out that, like, he, there's a picture of him in a car lot, you know, because he's buying a new car, but then mm-hmm. if you send it to me, I will freak the fuck out and lose my goddamn mind. Well, first I'll say, who's this again? And then when you say Will Ferrari, like, oh yeah! Oh yeah, you're right, because I, I won't remember who he looks like, I always saw him this once. Yes. I won't, you're right, I won't remember who he looked like so funny I, my birthday's coming up that'd be a great birthday gift <laughs> <laughs> alright final four it is Liger versus Muda versus King versus Orion despite what the announcers kept saying cause they were like oh, where's Kenny King's not here alright <laughs> Muda eliminates Orion so we get Liger versus Muda versus King King eliminates Muda Liger versus King are the final two. How do we? How are we feeling about the final two? You kind of have a small hope Liger wins, but you know it probably won't happen. Bruce, what about you? Yeah, uh, they at least gave the fans what they wanted in terms of the one-on-one between Liger and Muda for a bit. But this being a ROH branded show, you're you're pretty much assuming that an ROH wrestler is going to win this. And then finally, Kenny King eliminates Liger. Kenny King wins. And we get a thank you, Liger chant. And then we'll get with final thoughts after whatever this thing that Bill's hyping up. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. 
So I wrote down it's 96 all over again. And at first I'm looking at the note and I'm like, wait, am I talking about the Rumble that year? Because, like, I don't remember the winner, like, hiding at the end. No, it was the Shawn Michaels spot, wasn't it? Right. So it couldn't have been that. And then as you were talking, I remembered what that note meant. Muda and Liger had a match in 96. Okay. And Muda rips Liger's mask off Mm. during the match. And Liger becomes like this other form of Jushin Liger. I, right. I, I don't remember the name of it. I'm sure someone is screaming at it right now. What, another form? Like, darker, well, not another form, but like darker, a personality. Like, yeah. Um, darker face paint and things like that, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name? I'm when looking you, up right now. When you said another form, I'm like, like a Pokemon? <laughs> essentially essentially so does his name change too but like only slightly because it's an evolved form of something else he was it's like, like he's the great face, mudo now it's like his face is painted his chest is painted oh i can't remember what right. it is bruce is looking at kishin liger kishin yes liger. thank you i forgot what kishin means in japanese but it, uh basically i think sheen like she and sheen usually means death in Japanese, so it could be something to do with like death, and he comes out. He's a very dark personality. Um, so, all right. So, Bill, what were your thoughts being live at the end of this um, this match? Because obviously, I mentioned there's a thank you Liger chant, which I'm sure right. you're a part of. Yeah, we. I, I think everybody in that building was. Um, I I will say that watching it at home is a big difference to being at the arena because I felt I had more fun watching it. And I'm probably going to be one of the few people that will publicly say this. And and I know this show gets bashed and there are some parts that do deserve it, but I didn't think this show was bad overall. I really don't. And I know everyone's like, you know, New Japan, they brought up, you know, they did their thing, which they did. And then people are like, oh, but Ring of Honor, they kind of dropped the ball. There were a couple of good moments with Ring of Honor. You know, I I, I thought the this match had some of it, not saying all of it. Right. Um, I thought the latter match was really good. And I probably was one of the few people that was actually rooting for Matt Taven to win that match. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> because the disappointment when Marty mm. Skrull lost was like when, like, I, I, I don't know how to compare it to, but it would be like if the kid, like some kid at school got the new toy that you want okay. and you couldn't. That's what that was with Marty Skrull not winning the title. But looking back at it now, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor kind of made the right decision. <laughs> but overall, my first time to Madison Square Garden, it was a thrill. I don't care if people say it sucked. It was the worst thing ever. <laughs> you will 
you will never take away my enjoyment sure. of being at that show in Madison Square Garden. I'll say this as much as cause I could again, I had it on the background, but I was watching the event on and off. Again, not watching it full intently, but it didn't seem terrible. It seemed like it's okay. Like, that was my general consensus after the entire right. show. Like, as like a I whole. could accept that. Like, if you said, oh, the show's okay, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I respect that. I think uh, there are two reasons for that. One is, I think, because of the association with New Japan and this coming off of G1, not too other uh, G of like Wrestle Kingdom not long before that and then G1 mm-hmm. six months before that people were expecting a certain maybe level of match quality and they yeah. maybe not got that in every match but also I think the endearing image for a lot of people coming out of this event wasn't any of the matches but it was the Enzo and Cass angle after the tag mm. team match I think, right. that's, I think that's the biggest reason why a lot of people have such a sour taste in their mouth come um, when they think about this event it has nothing to do I think with the actual event it's I think because of that particular incident okay i think that yeah. could be fair i mean like you said i didn't know anything about it. here's what i'll say for me for um overall i guess on the royal rumble side to me this was one of the more sloppy rumbles that i've seen in yes. terms yeah. of production in terms of I didn't know who was eliminated at certain times. Um, obviously, you know, I joke about it, but it's absolutely true that um, the Cole Cabana-Yano stuff was definitely annoying. Uh, I'll say this. After watching it and finding out it was on the pre-show, if I was wa- if I actually watched it then, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm ordering this show. <laughs> no <laughs> way. So in that aspect, I do feel like Ring of Honor dropped the ball. Because this was the free match, and yeah. it was a mess. Um, it, I, I, I will say that I still stand firm with there's only been one great Royal Rumble match in the 2010s, and this does definitely not make this definitely does not make it two. Right. Um, there were also a lot of spots in the match that were pretty sloppy in terms of like there were supposed. You could tell when elimination spots didn't actually work out how they were supposed to, like with Ishii and Black earlier in the match and some other spots. And that also, you know, just adds to the bit of kind of um, that polish you would like them to see. And I've heard a lot of people say it since the show, uh, since their last show here, that it's just, it's typical ROH that you're going to go along, you're going to have all these miscues and... Uh, but that's just that's just ROH, and that's another reason why they might not be around. So it's just, you know, as much as things have changed since then, a lot stayed the same with how their last pay-per-view went in terms of not having time planned out very well, some spots being a little bit dangerous, but also dumb. It, it, it was just a, a microcosm of the entire existence of ROH pretty much was what happened at their last pay-per-view. Yeah, this is like, if I were to say that there was a a rise and fall of Ring of Honor. I think this definitely makes the fall section mm-hmm. because of the fact of what I just said. Honestly, I didn't notice any of that stuff that you mentioned. You know why? Because the production stuff was way worse. <laughs> um, but because, again, here's someone that's like, oh my God, there's another promotion running at Madison Square Garden other than WWE? Well, maybe I'll check this out. And then they watch it and you get this shit. And I'm like, all right, well, 
people. That was that, and then you don't order the show. To me, this is might be the biggest example of them dropping the ball. Maybe I mean I'm I don't follow didn't follow Ring of Honor um, for their whole existence, but maybe in the whole existence, because this was your chance to get new fans, and I really think you uh, didn't really do that by the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, God, you gonna say? I think that. There's an argument for that, but I do think the biggest ball drop by ROH was not capitalizing on when they had Cody and the Bucks and that whole crew and just letting them go. That makes the full part as well. I agree with that. Yeah. But in terms of, well, this was, you know, they're not here for this one. Mm -hmm. And this was a shot for them to still gain even without Cody and the Bucks. And again, as someone that didn't follow it uh, during this time, don't get me wrong, I liked. Liger, I like the Great Buddha. I mentioned, you know, I like the some of the stuff in the ring. I like the Haku stuff. Um, there's some things to like about it, which is why I'm definitely not saying it's a bottom ten of Royal Rumbles that we've done, Bill. But oh no, I certainly, not. I'm certainly not putting it in the top ten either at all. No, Nowhere it's near. in the middle. It's definitely like in the middle. I, I, mean, pack. I put it in the lower middle, but yeah, you know, certainly not the bottom ten. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Mostly again, because I I don't think I was ready to come into the Ring of Honor Rumble here that we're doing, and saying the biggest problem was the production. I was mm-hmm. not prepared to say that. Um. Yeah, that's where we're at. All right, before we say our goodbyes, Bill, I can't believe we're on track right now for all of the five episodes that we're doing. That. NWA TNA's Rumble might be my favorite one because I have zero <laughs> confidence in the 2022 Royal Rumbles at all. Right. Um, but we'll see. Go be, and I'm doing this now in case we don't get a chance to do it before the recording because again, it's going to be a live to tape watch along. What do you think? Is right now of the three, is this your favorite? After re-watching it, I would say that the TNA one might be the best one that we've done. And you had Toby Keith, and it had Slash. <laughs> yes, it had <laughs> Slash. You're right. Uh, Can't beat Slash. <laughs> no. Uh, I think I would put this one just above... The raw one, but the only reason, the only reason I say that is because that raw one was given little to no time. It's not that it was worse. It's not that, you know, it was terrible. The idea was an attempt. You know, it was a good attempt, Mm -hmm. but it was just like they never really gave them much of time. Right. Well, and there was also no hype to it, if you remember. There was no yeah, advertisement exactly. of any kind. Exactly. So there it is. NWA TNA uh, with Toby Keith really looking good on this to be the best one on this five-episode run. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Before we go, uh, I want to tell you what happens with Kenny King. Oh, of course. Yeah, I forgot. See, this was so to... bad that I was like, oh, yeah, we do have another segment. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So... He wins the title shot. When? No, no, no. He wins the the right for the title shot. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. He does not go for his title shot 
until Manhattan Mayhem that July. So three months later. And the way he does it is so ridiculous because the match, like the, the original card, is scheduled to be Taven and Lethal for the belt. Right. Kenny King, and these are the notes that are on the Ring of Honor website, talked into his way into making the world title match a triple or a, yeah a triple threat match okay so and i and i had to look um a, a website and he never uses the title shot until this night the, or this show manhattan mayhem okay which he loses they they lose all right lethal loses king loses Matt Taven retains the title. Okay. All right, and that's that. So, all right, let's give some final plugs and get out of here. We'll start with Bruce, then me, and then Bill will head us out of here. All right, Bruce, where can people find you and give your final plugs and overall thoughts on this Honor Rumble? Sure. So, again, I'm a contributor for DailyDDT.com. I just wrote an article on if AEW could only sign one, who should they sign between uh, Johnny Gargano Kyle O'Reilly and Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin for Owens. I, that, I mean, I didn't have to think about it either, but I, I wrote an article. <laughs> I don't even want Gargano there. Well, I, I mean, I laid out everything, and right, I, mean, I think it's pretty. I think it's fairly. I think it's a fairly easy answer. Sorry, Bruce. I'm very Owens. emotional. Oh no, no, that's no, fine. That's fine. Um, I, I don't think it's. You, you can say who you want, but I think it's pretty, pretty clear that it should be Kevin Owens if he becomes available. I mean, yeah, um, because but, it's... Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and talk about Ring of Honor. He's one of the best Ring of Honor champions, you know, one of the best Ring of Honor yeah. wrestlers of all time. Kill, so. steam, kill. Not fucking yep. fight, Owens, yep, yep. fight. Dumb. And that that ladder, that ladder war with him uh, and Generico is still just I still, ridiculous. I still say, like, of all the guys that went from, like, either Impact or Ring of Honor to, um, to WWE, he is the most... Steen is the most like, oh God, what happened to him? Like, what happened? Like he, he the should most have been downgraded the whole time. He what? Yeah, he should have been champion pretty much the whole time. He's no, been I just there. don't even mean that of champion. I mean even as like character. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. like a bad version of what he was doing before that. Anyway, Gotta be PG, sorry, right? God, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then uh, for Pro Wrestling Torch through the end of the year, I do my Raw reports live, and then on. In January, I'll be doing NXT 2.0. I'm on Twitter. You can find me at B underscore Lee 253. Random thought. How great would it be if he did sign with AEW and then he what, he does a promo and actually mentions how he's happy Ring of Honor's dead because he had that feud with Cornette <laughs> and all that, whereas I'm Kevin Steen and fuck Ring of Honor. <laughs> Well, and Jim Cornette, but <laughs> and Jim Cornette, you all, but Cornette's not there, so there's no reason to do that. Yeah, but yeah, Ring no. of Honor being dead is that. All right, uh, but Dave, you didn't give your thoughts on the Rumble itself. Uh, it, it was it was suitable. It was free, so that helps. If it was something that you were paying for a pay per view, I think you would be a little upset at that. Um, like you said, there were production miscues and just general sloppiness overall. But I think it did give fans some memorable moments to take away from the match, even if it ended in a way just to draw heat. Mm-hmm. 
All right, as for me, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. That's podcasting.com. I'm hoping that I see uh, Will Ferrer at a car dealership <laughs> soon. And Bill, I swear, if you do set me something to tell me it's him, I mean, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> he, he won't even know if it's not him. Let's just put it that way. You know what? Actually, if, if Bill just sent me a guy at, at, a, at a used car <laughs> dealership, I'd be like, it's got to be Ferrer. Why would he send this to me if it wasn't? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, that's podcasting.com. All right, Bill, head us out of here. All right. Uh, as far as the match goes, like I said, it was a lot better to watch in person than it was on TV or computer or however we watched it. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Billiam85. And check out that wrestling show, which comes out each and every Friday. So next time around, Jim and I, we're going to be doing a watch along, maybe, of one of the two Royal Rumble matches. And until next time, the Honor Rumble has been eliminated. <laughs>